Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, a resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. Thank you for coming. Good to see you as well. So wonderful. Uh, first, I do want to give a shout out and thank you to, um, to Gita, Radharani, and Bob. They um, sort of went the extra mile, wrote out their comments uh, from last uh, sutra. And so I think we're going to have a really cool newsletter uh, post uh, based on that sutra. And it really felt dynamic uh, to hear from three different Sangha members about how a sutra sort of impacted their life. Um, it, it reads really powerfully. And so I hope if you have the time uh, and your, you know, your life permits it, um, as that comes through for you, um, that you might take the time to put your comments into words because when we speak as a group, it's quite powerful. It is quite powerful. Hey, Prabhupada, welcome. So we're gonna take a moment now to uh, look at the previous sutra. And, as long, and along with some of the focal points that were presented in the little pocket sutra booklet. Um, so if you have that handy, you know, pull it out. Um, but don't show, don't turn it around to show that you didn't fill it out. Just act like you filled it out and it's all full of writing and the drawings are on there and everything. Just totally bluff that one. Okay. So, Tripa Dadya Napranam. Uh, emerging from the state of Turiya. Insert the absolute bliss of that state into the waking, dreaming, and deep sleep states, and they will become one with Turiya. So as we saw from that sutra, um, a way that we were interpreting it um, was really about the first focal point had to do with what we do in these, in these moments of, you know, for, the, for simplicity's sake, in these moments of joy, when they strike, how do we, how do we retain it? How do we hold those moments of bliss? Uh, with through through surrender, um, one of the first concepts that sort of bubbled up was just: Does this change your perspective on how you interact with with joy, or with the things that you want, or the things that you seek out during your day? And then from there, so I'm gonna just open the door to both aspects of the sutra. We saw that there was something really. I thought this was sort of like a powerful way for Lakshman Ju to write it. Uh, this, this was something that really stuck with me from the sutra. The whole universe has come into existence just to carry you to God consciousness. It is not meant to push you down. The universe is meant for your upliftment. If you know the trick of awareness during those moments of joy, you can enter God consciousness through taste, song, tension. And we had all those examples from the Vigyana Bhairava. So with that being said, you know, were there any moments, uh, for example, I know Ananda Ma, you said you've been working on this for a long time. Oh, and Nanda Devi, wow, thank you for being here as well. So good to see you outside, that's rad. Um, I know, Ananda Ma, you were saying that you were working on this prior to this, so maybe we had some breakthroughs. Um, you know, anyone else, feel free to chime in. Um, but take a moment, and if you'd like to, uh, offer up some comments, and I'll just leave a little space right here. I'm going to just grab this remote to make sure I can hear everybody. Let me talk. All right. Sort of like the first song at a dance. Everybody's on the sidelines. And somebody gets in there and they're like, hey, this is fun. Look, look at me, everybody. And then they're like, oh, that does look sort of fun. I'll just... Okay, so Radharani first on the dance floor. All right, I'll go for it. And then um, when I was reading, especially that part, it says emerging from the state of Turiya, insert the absolute bliss in the state of waking and sleeping. It, uh, what came more for me these couple of weeks was um, coming out of my meditation into the world. That was more, more of where I kind of like, like my uh, interpretation of these kind of like when to. And I realized that it's really hard for me to transition from my meditations on, or from the intensive, which happened 
in the middle of all this. Oh, you're right. <laughs> into the regular world, right? And just to how to keep that going through my day. Mm. It's hard, very, very hard for me. It's like, it's, it's almost as if they are separate. And I can sometimes get in my meditations to really nice places and I feel great and grateful at the end of my meditation and then life goes and it's completely different. And then my evening meditation comes and it's okay, I'm going back into these. Mm-hmm. And even if I try to remember during the day, it's just hard for me. And one thing that maybe work has been working, especially after the intensive, is just to think back to those moments and use the breath. Uh, just to take a little break. And if I remember, I'm like, okay, let's just breathe in and remember those moments and remember how I felt and remember, and I can be a little bit quieter and introspective and carry a little bit of it. But mm-hmm. I find it very difficult mm-hmm. to find, to carry that into my day. And this, this being something that has in, in different sutras have come in different ways, you know, it's just like, you, you know, being connected through your day, et cetera. And it's always been a challenge. I think the only little breakthrough these couple of weeks has been that of remembering and using the breath to connect to it. And then it's gone after a while. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely, you know, you're right. And you mentioned the idea that the sutras actually keep pointing to this experience because it perhaps is so challenging. For example, the next sutra is literally the experience you were just talking about, like it's literally the work of our next sutra as well. Um, so yeah, you're, you're, you're right. I mean, it doesn't it really represent like the goal of our practice. And the fact that you find it challenging is, to be perfectly honest, a, a good sign that you're experiencing the work. It's almost like if you're, that you're actually feeling the challenge, that you're noticing that there's something that you have to do that isn't necessarily getting done like i i feel like that's uh that step is often uh overlooked as if uh as if it didn't matter as if we could just jump over that step to the experience we're seeking but i feel like what we're feeling in those moments is is our potential you know for me um something i've been doing recently not every situation permits it but i when I, you know, like, you'll be like, I should be doing mantra right now. And you just, and you, I, and you just start doing mantra, right? And then like minutes later, it's just gone. It's just gone. Where did it go? It really it bubbled up, you know? And so I've been, I know this sounds, could sound silly, or it might sound totally normal, but I actually use that mantra gnome thing that I made where it just like beeps sort of in the background. And I found that like that extends that period a lot because I can't get so easily distracted, you know? So sometimes it could, it can be helpful to set a goal. Uh, like if you remember to catch, you know, to, to be with your breath, like what task are you working on? Could you do it till the end of this task? Like setting a small goal can sometimes get you further than setting the infinite goal, right? So um, that's just one thing that popped up for me when you were speaking and I was like, oh yeah. And I've had a little bit of progress with that with the support of that mantra gnome, which I know isn't always possible, but it is sort of a background noise and people don't notice it, so. But thanks, Radharani, for kicking us off. Yogita, do you wanna chime in? Yeah, I was gonna comment on um, this little book. I I did it in red. (laughs) (laughs) You you said do it in different colors. Um, I, I, I was thinking about two Wednesdays that I had. Wednesday before last, I was teaching a craft class. We were making these beautiful um, wreaths um, for the doors. And and I love to do crafts. And so uh, it said here to compare, you know, something in your daily life to to something you're creative with. And I, I was thinking about that first Wednesday, how I would, um, you know, get all my stuff together and how excited I was to show them how to do it. And they were creating this beautiful week. Well, I was trying, I was having trouble 
getting my house cleaned. And that's what I did this Wednesday. And it was just like drudgery, you know? I mean, I, I didn't look forward to it or anything. And so I was trying to think about trying to bring that excitement that I had making the wreaths and uh, um, to the house. And one good thing about cleaning the house is I put on chants and that helps me a lot where I can't really do that when I'm, you know, uh, teaching reeds or stuff. But, but that's what I, I would still rather do reeds than to clean my house, but, nice. <laughs> but trying to bring, you know, it, but it is really nice when you get it all cleaned and you rearrange things and, you know. Yeah. It's similar. You have a very similar comment to Radharani in that you're sort of, you know, re reaching back for that experience where you're like, I know this exists in there. I know it's in there. I felt it before. I feel it in these times at the intensive. I feel it when I'm doing reads and that 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 is sort of a, a way for you to tap back into it. That's really helpful. And I saw your hand go up, Usha. You probably wanted to comment on on Yogita's comment. Well, that and just um, so I remember Babaji saying that this our, our spiritual work always has to be intentional. You know what I mean? We have to make the effort, and so I think that's okay that we feel like we have to to make the effort, you know, and the goal is to sustain the effort, but I think it feels like to me that you have to intentionally go inside in some fashion or another to connect. Um, and I wanted to share one thing for me that I've been working with and um, it's that just trying to feel that part of me that's always present for the experience of the object or that's always like to feel like to, it's just like really um, subtle, but to go there for, you know, because we're the teachings and we know we can always get there. You know, we can feel the witness or the, our awareness but just to intentionally feel that part of me that's always there through reeking. And when I can do that, it's, um, it turns out to be a blissful experience if you, can, if you maintain it. It turns out to be, anyway, so that's how it's been working for me and then the last thing is today when I was working with that um I remember the thought of that um in the the, the teaching that in pleasure and pain it's all the same so you know that same thing no matter what we're experiencing it's the same inside mm -hmm. We're the same awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks, Usha. I really feel like you called upon the just the 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 essence of what we're reaching for in these moments of these fleeting moments of joy when we get a spark, or as the sutra says, like a flash of lightning of of happiness that occurs. And in that moment, we have the choice to either fixate on the light, the what the lightning flash is illuminating in front of us, which could be like a ripe strawberry, or to actually feel the source of this flash of lightning, which is in our heart, which is actually eternal. It's just, it's just popping through the clouds at that point. It's not, it's always there, right? So it's like when you talked about trying to find this aspect of yourself, feeling for this part of yourself that's, that's always there, that's, like way, that's more eternal than any of these fleeting moments. Um, whether they feel like they're up here or down here, there's a part of us that's, that remains um, and is, is in there. You know, I guess a better example would be like the sun flashing through the clouds. When we see that ray of light, we think, oh, this is my moment. 
But what we're reaching for is actually the sun that's definitely just always there. And we can do that when the clouds are covering it. And I feel like you were referring to all of those moments, you know, because sometimes that flash comes and goes so quickly. But we can sort of train ourselves to, to recognize that more eternal space. Thanks, Usha. Yeah, this was the fun sutra, you know? It was the one that said, like, when you're having fun, notice where the fun is coming from, you know? So it's actually like the, it's like the one that just says, all you got to do is wait for the fun to arrive. And when it does, uh, just take one extra moment, just one little, just, just surrender it for just one moment and just try to feel its source. And that doesn't mean pushing away the fun at all. It means just softening the grip for a second. So. Songs, melodious songs, it says, you know, like when you have a, an experience like that, it's totally an opportunity. Food, beverages. For thousands of years, people have enjoyed food, beverages, and songs. So, and only the yogis have been looking at them a little bit differently. All right, last minute or so, in case there's any last comments. Sure, Bob. Um, something you said reminded me of telephone poles. And when you're driving, telephone poles are spaced far enough apart that if you tell yourself, I'm going to do my mantra till I get to the next telephone pole. If you find that that's easy, then you say, I'm going to do my mantra till I hit two telephone poles yeah. or three telephone poles. If you've got a nice long drive, you might be surprised. Uh, anyway, that's something that I've always enjoyed doing when I'm taking a trip. But, um, I love it. All right. Well, then we'll stop there. You got it. I think we all have to try it. I mean, I'm definitely going to try it. <laughs> Usha, yeah. I had another experience of maybe how we can reach this state is um, I was introduced to this, uh, to watch this YouTube of a famous piano player artist that um, is from, I believe, Sweden. And when I was watching her play, you could tell she, you could watch her go to this place that we're talking about and she was the music. Mm -hmm. And so that was really um, effective to me. She's it was an just an amazing, artist and she just plays a piano in so many different ways um and so that was another thing that i thought was really effective of connecting absolutely yeah we don't have to we we can go to the source when we're the audience or when we're the artist or the creator and in both cases it's it's better sure rujani ma Hey, can you guys hear me okay? Did I get closer? Okay. Um, I haven't been to a lot of classes. I've been working a lot of hours over the past several months. Um, but one thing I have done because I've been at work so much is to find time in my day to connect with that. I've found like physical cues for myself. So just like when we sit for meditation and we sit in a very specific posture and that kind of our body knows to settle in and meditate at that time. So at work, what I do is I have a standing desk. So anytime I sit down or anytime I stand up, that transition I use is like to take my attention inside it to get quiet. And I learned that after I have been doing that for a while, my, I, my awareness automatically does that now. And then it gives me, even if it's not lasting, it gives me breaks in the mental activity of work, but it also is just like a reminder that 
that that connection is always there. Even when we're busy, we may not notice it all the time, but um, yeah. So I found that really helpful just, just to have little physical cues that tell your body to pause. Mm, absolutely. That's a really good one too. Cause it, it, it helps us with our overall health because sitting and standing and going between those positions, like any awareness we can bring to, it's going to make those postures better for us. And we're always in them a little longer than we anticipate. And so that little flash of awareness is just so, so valuable. Not, not even just for our physical body, but obviously for beyond, but also for our physical body. Thank you. Sure, property, and we'll transition to the next sutra soon. So go for it, property. Um, I'm really embarrassed. I did not read, but um, to do the homework, we were supposed to do homework. I'm assuming because <laughs> I feel like I missed this. But um, I heard you say or read. I'm not sure at the beginning of this class that Lakshmanju said something like, um, "The world is here for us to." feel the bliss of our existence not to squish us like I feel like that's a huge paradigm shift for probably all of us but especially Americans or just the narrative that I grew up with which is mm -hmm. or, or everybody it's like a thing like oh yeah everything's trying to like the man's trying to put, bring you down you know it's just a it's just how we think and then to think of that the opposite um mm -hmm. I really really like that I like changing that completely. Anyway, absolutely. I just well, work with that and bring it back to us next week because I'd love to hear how. I mean, that that could probably have a like a really powerful impact. And even though we'll be on the next sutra, let's let's save a spot next week to hear how that how that could really change your practice. Because I agree that sounds very rich. So please, yeah. Let's all take a moment for a little bit of tension release to just clear out some space for our focal, focal point for tonight, Sutra 3.39. So many of you know this. Go ahead and just do it at your own pace. I'll just give a couple of cues. Nice, slow inhale, picturing it flowing through the third eye, down the throat, towards the heart, crystal clear prana, so fresh. Fills the heart space. Then we pause the breath in the heart without gripping, holding the breath, allowing that prana to really circulate, break up any crystallization and, and debris that gets kicked up with our practice. And then as you exhale, nice and slow, picturing that sooty or you know smoky or ashy substance flowing, flowing out of the heart, down the arms and out the palms and fingertips. Swallow and go at your own pace for another time or two. So let yourself get totally empty. Flick out the fingertips after that last exhale. Wipe off the arms. I'm going to bring myself into full screen just in case anybody's not able to do that on their own end. And please remind me when we discuss so I'll go off of that sure so let's start by pronouncing the sutra together this is chitta stiti vacha rira karana bayasu I guess it's an sh shu chitta stiti vacha rira karana bayasu it's a mouthful and have fun with that one time on your own The awareness of God consciousness should not only be infused in that state where one's mind is established in one pointedness, i.e. on your cushion, but, as people commented tonight, it should also be infused in the establishment of the yogi's body, in their organic actions, and in the external objective world. 
be perfectly honest, a lot of the comments that we made on the last sutra actually apply to this one equally. It's about bringing your practice off of the cushion and into your life. You know, something I think this sutra really uh, brings up for us that is very valuable is take a moment. This is something that I think we were all referring to there for a second. Take a moment, let yourself just sort of close your eyes and assume, you know, your posture and and quote unquote, turn your awareness inside, right? Feel stillness, feel the breath, bring your awareness towards the heart. And what this sutra asks us to notice is what is this? Who are you right now when you do this? Is this a different you? Or is this a state of being that you can call upon even when you open your eyes? So take a moment with the eyes open and do the same practice you were just doing. We're lucky that this concept is so familiar to us. It is literally the name of our tradition. Shambhavananda, Shambhavi Mudra the ability to have one's awareness inwards while you deal with the world outside of you. This sutra teaches that this is not only a goal for us to strive towards, but this is essential to give life to our life, that this is where life force comes from. This is what makes your world magic. This is what puts you in the flow, right? So we think, oh, I'm, I'd like to do that more. But essentially, it's like this is what we're living to, to figure out. This is the joy we're seeking. And it's a practice like any other. Think about mantra. When you start doing a mantra, it's in the mouth. It's Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya, Om Namah Shivaya. You do it longer, whether that means more mantras, more malas, or years, you know. And it, it finds its way to the throat. It finds its way to the heart, to the navel. Om Namah Shivaya. And it's a totally different experience. Well, this Shambhavi Mudra that we talk about and all are working towards is similar if we apply ourselves to bringing that tension inwards in a variety of settings and situations we will get better at it just like we do our mantra from a deeper place after doing it for a long time and what we find is that that is the life force that sustains us you know and i found a quote from Baba for the Pocket Sutra that sort of alludes to this, that that's the force behind our senses. That's the force behind our thoughts. And then the idea also of bodhicitta, the idea of cultivating this as a way of infusing your practice with meaning, infusing your life with meaning. And so starting to look at this Shambhavi Mudra, not as necessarily like a far-flung goal, something way down the road that hopefully we can attain one day, but as really the trajectory of our practice and something that we can get better at, something that we can apply ourselves towards. So let's jump in to the text here. Um, Sharanane, if, if it's possible, would you mind reading the first quote? The yogi should also find the state of Turiya in the objective world. You must infuse Turiya, which gives life to the three states, waking, dreaming, and deep sleep, in each and every action of the universe. When one is introverted and their mind is established in one-pointedness, that is the state of Turiya. In the same way, when your consciousness is directed toward the objective world, when you are extroverted and not introverted, then in the action of the body, in the action of the organs, 
And in the action of the external objective world, you should hold the awareness of internal consciousness. Then, in time, you should also infuse the life of Turiya into that state. Excellent. Thanks, Shadanande. Well read. So right away, our goal is to find this inner awareness in the objective world. We must begin to infuse this inner awareness into all the states. And what is this inner awareness? What does it look like? What does it feel like? You know. It's when your attention is turned within. That's what we're talking about. The thing that you do when you meditate. That thing, that feeling, that way of being, that's it. So do that in when you're working with your body, when you're working with your senses, when you're working with others or in, with objects. Keep trying. And then the last part, in time, you will literally be able to infuse the life of this awareness into these, these, these states. That it's not all at once is, is how I read that. So take a moment with that. Any comments or questions on that sort of first approach? Bob, sure. I think everybody has the experience of seeing Baba when he is in such a joyful state, you know, the Shambhavi Mudra, I mean, he's aware of every one of us out here and, um, and still very deeply inside himself, but full of joy. And uh, no matter what you're doing, if you can remember to visualize Baba in that state, it makes it really easy to find it in yourself. Thanks, Bob. I know in the Yoga Sutras, Patanjali has similar advice where he says, when encountering the myriad of obstacles that we encounter as we seek to grow, which he has a list this long, uh, it's quite, it's almost comical. Um, he says, you know, one of the ways to transcend it is to focus on, you know, a, an individual like a teacher who has attained that state. You know? And so, yeah, that's a verified practice, you know, across many traditions. So maybe we all, you know, use that practice if that fits in with where you're at in your practice. You know, if you have that kind of connection, use it. If it's still, you know, cultivating, you know, there's, there's a lot of other ways to access it. But that is a good one for those who have that kind of connection. So right now, as you all are sort of looking at the screen, can you just do that little, that little shift? Let's say you're going to go this way. And instead you go like this way, kind of like, or I guess it should say like in, but can you feel that little, that little shift when you want to do it? Like how you're like, I can be spiritual right now. I know that sounds sort of cliche, but you know, it's there. You're, we're all practitioners, so it's not really cliche. It's just sort of that shift. Like if you can feel that shift, like that's really, in, in my opinion, what we're, looking at right now oh oh anju great go for it i'm gonna say sometimes it feels like having a superpower you, know, hmm. you can be in a room full of people or by yourself somewhere and you get that i don't know just sort of i guess more so lately for me just kind of arises sometimes and sometimes it sort of surprises me because I might not be being as as conscious about it but it sort of just shows up for me and 
I just feel so grateful to have that, you know, like looking around a room full of people and maybe they have something like that. Maybe I don't, I'll never really know, right? Because we don't necessarily, I'll talk about it with like strangers in the grocery store or something, but it's just kind of incredible that it's just there, you know, and, you know, doing the work that we do every day just sort of allows it to sort of flood in when you need it. And it just kind of feels amazing that that slight little shift um, it's kind of like just magic <laughs> sort of arises and and allows like my entire perspective to change and helps me remember what I am instead of getting you know lost in the delusion of what I'm not. Thanks, Anju. So many wonderful messages in there about the superpower that it's such a subtle shift. You wouldn't even recognize it if someone was doing it in the room that you're in and that it really is the, the way that we know who we are because finding who you are amidst all the sensory information and thoughts in your mind is like a needle in a haystack. Whereas this is like a lot clearer, you know, just that little shift and you're like, there I am. Anandama? Yeah, I really, I really liked what Anju was saying. And I think because I've been able to do that, this, this, since the intensive, it's been really hard. I've had a, a tidal wave of emotions that are not pleasant <laughs> and mm -hmm. conflicts with people that I usually haven't had them with and challenges. So the fact that I've had that ability, like Anju was saying, and then that last sutra where it talks about it, everything is here for our growth has really helped me. And so I'm having, doing that little shift to turn in, it more feels like going through concrete or mud, but knowing it's there and working with it and then releasing it. And um, it's definitely a process, but I, I, I really liked what you said, Anju, just because that, that I had that gratitude because even if it's covered up right now with stuff, I know it's there and trying to feel into that and hang on to that and just know it's this rest is going to resolve itself, you know, that I'm working it. So I just appreciated that. Thank you. Hmm. Thanks, Anandama. You're not alone. It, it was a powerful intensive and a lot of stuff is, it has come up. You guys want to raise your hand if stuff's, a lot of stuff's come up since the intensive? All right, that is nine out of nine. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, thank you, Anonima, for even sharing that. So that's just good to know that other people are going through stuff because we, we share so much joy with each other and it's not like we're sharing the, the hard times with each other, but it's just good to know that like it's real and that it's, you know, we're, we're all working through it. So thank you for sharing. We actually just have another minute. Um, Radharani, if you want to, maybe, yeah, go for it. All right, I just want to say that reading this passage, um, it's helpful for me, especially the ending where it says like, um, what do I say? Um, where it says, um, you should hold the awareness of internal consciousness when you're, what you're doing, you know, going through your day that to me is like just being present, right? With your internal consciousness. Then in time, you should also infuse the life of Turiya into the state. And I think that what is hard for me is just imagining myself really feeling that joy and that bliss that we feel sometimes where, you know, when we're like at the intensive or meditating. But it's like, what is helpful for me from the passage is like, if you practice being present and going back to that consciousness in time, then that bliss can be brought as well. So I like that because it's not, it's like a step process as you were saying before. It's not like, mm. you don't have to imagine it as something so far out. It's like, mm. keep practicing being present, keep practicing bringing your consciousness internally and then in time, that bliss will also come to your everyday. Mm. Thanks, Radharani.
Yeah, this inward turn, I mean, we're all we're all totally capable of it. You know, the talk last week from Yogita and Dharma showed us that the the very concept of it could happen spontaneously, we're so close to it. Uh, but then on the other hand, as Yogita shared, after a million Tara mantras, you're, you get close to it as well. So we got to, you know, it will pop up like it, last week was saying, hey, it pops up, grab it. When it pops up, it's surrender in that moment, feel where the source is, you know, or, and rather, work towards it in, a, in your daily tasks, little by little, little by little. And so um, there, is, there is more to the sutra that will be in the, um, the pocket sutra uh, for the week. Um, I encourage you all to, to print it. It'll be um, on Facebook, available, you know, et cetera, on the, on the Sangha Friends. And you'll see the, the last half of the sutra as well as a quote from Babaji and a quote about Bodhicitta that sort of helps to tie it all together because essentially – what we're doing is when we do this we're we're creating this sustainable way of being where we keep pulling our awareness within and that keeps nourishing us from within and it keeps growing us and so that growth it's almost like composted right back in that awareness is composted right back in and nourishes us yet again to keep growing it sort of creates this well a wish fulfilling tree is how the sutra puts it or like in the bodhicitta practice by the Kempos when they say at the end of their uh, description that I'll just go ahead and cut to it real quick and then we'll meditate. Stop there. There we go. Um, at the bottom, it says, if we repeatedly and firmly reestablish our feelings of love, compassion, joyfulness, and effort and freshness, it says, our practice will become an undying practice, continually staying in a state of growth. So, you know, that's another half of what we're after here. So let's meditate with this, put it into practice, and then it's sort of in your literal hands um, with the pocket sutra over the next week, and then we'll check back in. Welcome, Dharma. Glad to see you. So yeah, feel free to move a little bit to roll the spine around, rock in the sit bones. And once you start to settle in to your practice, let yourself float towards stillness. That means... Let yourself move a little bit right now, imperceptively. You can feel you're sort of moving, but it's very, very small. And that just keeps that really subtle, deep layer of your postural core awake. It's not a tensing at the midsection by any means. Effortless effort, as is described in the Yoga Sutras. And you should be able to arrive at a state of balance And then from that state of balance, we can find our breath flow and we work with it very similarly. Where at first we imperceptively manipulate it, you know, just a little bit of pulling in and a little bit of pushing just to make it smooth, very gentle touch, but we are, we are stretching the breath a little here. Our breath tends to be shallow, and so gently stretching it is usually taking us towards our natural breath flow. Even with this upright posture, relaxing below the rib cage around the navel to allow the diaphragm to do its work. Allow the eyes to close, can swallow, clearing the pathway to the heart. 
And just take a moment to observe yourself. What is it that you're doing right now? We call it hard sometimes. Sometimes we call it blissful. We call it work. You know, we call it rest. We call it everything. This inward gaze. Well, what do you call it right now? What do you what does it feel like? What's the difference between this and your normal gaze? Try to feel the difference. As you bring your awareness down towards the heart, there's a seat for you there. The higher mind, this higher seat of awareness is actually below the head. It's in the heart. There's a throne for you there. We can rest our awareness from the heart in the heart space. Is this so different? Is this so far from who you are? You know, what would it take to bring this slightly different mode of being, this slightly different mode of awareness to the activities of your day? You probably feel safe here. You probably feel like you're getting a recharge. Why wouldn't we want that all day? It might not be this easy, but it's still there. Chances are you can still feel your body. You still hear the room you're in. And yet there's something different about the way you are right now. Be with it. Don't take it for granted. Let this space of the heart 
get bigger than the chest. Let it encompass the room you're in. It's not a limitation. Being inside, it's expansive. This space of awareness is very sustainable. If it doesn't feel sustainable, you're probably overdoing it. It's the most sustainable place. It's the most natural place to be. It's okay if the mind drifts, that always happens, right? But remember, this place we're going is, it's like the ground. And the mind, the thoughts, those are like clouds going by. So all you got to do is let them go and just float right back down. Eventually, we want to infuse our life with this depth of awareness. Can you imagine even just eating dinner with this depth of awareness? Can you imagine being with a friend with this depth of being? Feel this well of the heart. Let yourself really sink into it naturally. 
And for the last couple minutes, allow your gaze to, allow your eyes to open. And keep your practice going inside. You can feel naturally, sort of draws you to the surface. But remember, this version of you is the simpler version, the deeper version. There's nothing actually keeping you from it, except for our attachment to interpreting our senses. It's participating in our thoughts. So try letting those go like a cloud here for this last minute. Remember, there's nothing keeping you from this state. Let your gaze be soft, not seeing any particular thing. Try to see the edges of your vision, feel the body. And don't be so quick to let go of this version of yourself. So quick to jump back into the shoes on the other side of your shrine door. You know, this version, according to the sutras, is you. And so keep reaching for it throughout the week. And when we check back in next week, we can start by sort of sharing any kind of... Um, you know, small or large breakthroughs that came through. So, namaste everyone.